Shut up and sit down. Welcome back to another episode of the ENT Podcast. I'm E. I'm T. Today we're going to be talking about something, a little something that uh, people haven't been really experiencing because of this whole uh, pandemic that's been going on. But we're going to be talking about the coronavirus, tra- coronavirus travel. I experienced it. I had a quarantine for the two weeks when I got back to lovely Binghamton, New York. And uh, yeah, let's get right into it. Um, Eric, Yo. it was... It was very annoying traveling. Like, I love traveling. Like, I've been traveling ever since I was, like, an infant. Came over yeah. here. People think that uh, I came over in a in a box or a cage. Uh, when <laughs> I, I hope got not. Fl- <laughs> when I got flown over from Colombia to, uh, to America. And a little fun fact, I am a U.S. citizen. If people want to think that I might possibly be an illegal... Uh, Immigrant well, yeah. or whoever, however you want to put it at it. You're but, you're uh, adopted, so. Well, I mean, pff, that makes I mean, you a legal American citizen. You've been here since what? Two or three months? Uh, uh, three or four five, months old, something like that. Something like that. Four four months old. Four months yeah. old. I uh, basically started living in America. So. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Unless but, your parents smuggled you into the country, then you are an American citizen. See, I think it's not smuggling if you sit first class. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so <laughs> flying on a plane yeah. is a whole lot different now. And it's yeah. really weird. Like I said, I've been flying ever since I was a little little kid. And, honestly, it's always been a fun time. Yeah. Like, went through the times of, like, when we would go to, like, we always go to, my family and I, we go to Arizona almost every summer. Actually, every yeah. summer. I've been going to Arizona every summer ever since I was one years old. And, uh, yeah, uh, what was it? Well, I, so went like, with you, I went with you summer four 2016. Years ago. Yeah, four years yeah, ago. Yeah, summer, summer 2016 I went with you. You guys have been going for forever. Yeah. And, uh, like I said, the travel is a lot different now. Mm-hmm. Like... You still have to do the same stuff that you would normally do when you go sure. to the airport. Like, you go through security, you have to take off your shoes, you got to do all that. But you have to do that while wearing a mask. You always have yeah. to, like, you kind of have to be on edge a little bit. Because when I was uh, going through the airport, when I was actually, when I left Atlanta. Uh, Hartsfield Jackson International Airport. Yeah, when I left three weeks ago on July fifth uh, to come back home, it was it was like a concert uh, just got out, and there was like a giant group of people like in one area. And like when I saw that, it looked weird, to be honest. Like especially with everything that's going on, everyone has to stay six feet apart and like you have to be very cautious with everything and then like i'm looking at it i'm like i need to stay away from these people actually and like it was just very weird how everything has to go now yeah like there's literally markings everywhere all over the floor and like yeah people have to like i said stay on edge and like make sure they're doing everything in the bathrooms there's there's literally a piece of paper saying, giving the whole code of what you have to do in yeah. every part of like where you would have to come in contact with while you're in the bathroom, whether it's in the toilet, above the urinal, above the sink, above the dryer, and like four other signs when you walk into the bathroom. So, yeah, I, I, I give the airlines a lot of credit. And, it, and especially when you're flying, like when you're going down the, not the tarmac, I guess the hallway. If it's you're talking like, about the the tunnel yeah, from the, the gate t- to the plane? Yeah, especially the, like when you're going down the, there. Uh, yeah, oh man, what, that's going to bother me. What's that called? It's not a terminal. 
No, I, tarmac isn't totally the gate. The gate. Oh man, the not the breezeway. The I thought. It was, wait, no. It might. It might be the tarmac. Tarmac, I think, is is one name for it. Um, I can't remember. Anyway, go ahead. But um, it was really weird because when you get ready to call your uh, to get your row called or whatever it is. Uh, or get your seat called, it goes by increments of five. Actually, no, of four. So, like, every four rows gets called instead of, like, what used to be of, like, uh, was it zone, zone C or some, yeah, something like that? Yeah, depending on your, that's on like, your boarding class, yeah. Yeah, that's, like, 12 people. So, it narrowed yeah. it down a lot from 12 people averagely of like getting on the plane to only four or five people max yeah. that can start entering the plane at a time. Like entering the plane enough took it a while to uh, like, it took like 40 minutes to just board a plane, which was yeah. crazy in my mind. Well, I think like, it, one thing that matters too though, is you flew Delta, right? Cause I mean, the people need to know who you flew with. Cause I think all yeah, airlines I, are going to be, yeah, I flew with Delta. Like, as soon as you walk in, they give you, like, this little uh, goodie pack of a bunch of sanitations, whether it's hand sanitizer, uh, wipey, uh, I think a t tissue it came with, and uh, what else? I think it was just, like, that stuff, so you can, like, disinfect your uh, seat and, like, your surrounding area. And I guess a really awesome thing, I think... I got I got the treatment on my way home. I mean, no, I got the treatment when I came to you when I went from uh, Arizona to Atlanta. Um, so if you're sit if you're in a three row seat, the middle seat is not occupied. Like no one sits with you, so uh, so you got a little bit more leg room. So on my flight from your from uh, Arizona to Atlanta, I had the whole row to myself. So, in anybody's dream, it would be, oh, man, I would recline out. I would not, like, recline on the one seat. I would just lay out on the seats and just lay like that. If I get yelled at by a stewardess, I'm like, you're going to stop me from doing this genius idea. But I didn't do that because I don't sleep on a plane. I don't know why I can't, even though I would probably wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning to get ready and get going, but still can't sleep can't do it don't know why like i said i've been doing this yeah. for years and still have not yet to master the whole sleeping through the whole flight deal i watch about two movies though yeah i mean i think it's it's tough because i've heard i you know i know delta's one i believe all the airlines have said this um it's pretty unanimous across the board that there aren't going to be any middle seats nobody's going to be sitting in any middle seats which is great i mean I still don't think that if you're in an aisle seat and a window seat, you're six feet apart. You're obviously not. There's no way. You're only maybe yeah. half that. You know what yeah. I mean? So if like, you're, if you're arm length, like you're arm length away from the next person to you, that's only yeah. what three feet. That's yeah. <laughs> that's half the distance. But but also like these I airlines. Said, you know, I, I know some airlines have been caught like with people sitting in the middle seat and people are going ballistic on social media, which I get because we're in a global pandemic. I mean. I think there's a lot of other countries in the world that would say we shouldn't be even having a travel industry, really. Um, but that that's the difference between our country and other countries, whether it's good or bad. I'm not saying either way, but people will post on Facebook saying, look at New Zealand and Germany and Switzerland and Sweden and, um, you know, Japan, Korea, who have, who have all handled, um, you know, this pandemic a lot better in terms of minimizing number of cases and avoiding these multiple spikes like what we've had here in the States. But it's, it's I mean, like, you can't compare our country to, to other countries. This, this uh, The United States is clearly a capitalistic country far more than any other in the, on the planet. And so, you know, to shut everything down uh, is, is asking for economic collapse. And um, so... You know, it, it's you can't you can only shut things down for so long, um, and I think airlines have it tough because the way that their system works, where they overbook flights. This is you know before a pandemic, the, the way it works is they overbook flights, 
hoping that there's people who cancel last minute or don't show up or whatever, because um, that's how they maximize the most profit. And then, you know, if there happens to be a few people where they, they can't seat them, then, okay, then they'll backtrack and they'll offer people money towards another flight or free hotel for the night or get on another flight later in the afternoon. Like if you're not on a time crunch and they'll give you money to go get food or I, I don't know, they'll give you like a hundred dollars from your flight back or something like that. But now yeah. it's really hard. It's really hard to do that. They have to com completely change their process because they have to cut out every middle seat on the plane, but they're still trying to maximize profit because of what, again, we're a capitalistic country or they're still trying to maximize the most amount of profit they can given the pandemic and given that they can't fill all the seats on a plane. And so sometimes they're probably going to be overbooked for the new capacity on an airplane and people are going to have to sit in the middle seat. I don't know. Like, it's tough and it, sh it shouldn't be that way. But, like, it's also, like, what are airlines supposed to do? Somebody has a ticket on a flight. Are they going to – if someone's sitting in a middle seat, are they going to kick them off and tell them too bad? Like, you have to take another flight? Like, yeah, I guess. But, like, what what is that person doing? Like, what why, what if they're on a time crunch to get to a family emergency to go – What if like, what if they're on a plane to go get somewhere because they're trying to help people or help a hospital? And You know what I mean? So, it's like, like it's really hard for – yeah airlines to shut it down because i've seen pictures on social media of like oh my god this plane is way too full there's people in middle seats everywhere and i don't i don't i agree with that i, I you know i'm not saying that there should be people in middle seats but also you know airline industry is another travel industry as a whole just got completely flipped upside down yeah so i'll just turn the table a little bit we'll get back to that topic so a little fun thing uh people if you can uh just get in contact with us. I'll maybe even put a poll on the the ET podcast uh, Instagram. But Eric, what is out of all the times that you've flown in your life? What is the most exciting movie or best movie that you've seen on a flight? Oh man, yeah. So my dad has his uh, pilot's license to fly like a small. He, he flies a, a small four seater Cessna plane, um, and so I've been flying my whole life uh with him every now and then and then obviously just all over the country and world really i've been overseas as well so i'm also not somebody that can sleep on a plane at all um any small bouncing on on a plane and it just prevents me from being able to sleep at all and there's always a little bit of turbulence it's just totally normal but oh I have... real real quick my uh so when we took off from Arizona to Atlanta. Wait, no. When I went from Atlanta, when I left Atlanta to Detroit, as soon as you took off, the pl the plane started going back and forth, and I literally thought it was just gonna whoop and just nosedive right into the ground. Like, yeah. got scared shitless. Thought that was gonna be the end. Yeah. But obviously it wasn't. Here's here's the thing too. But yeah. I know a lot of people get freaked freaked out about turbulence, and here's the like the crazy thing is, um, I hundred percent do too. And I've flown quite a bit in my life. Not obviously as much as like a business person who's flying multiple times a month to go all over the place or even more than that. But still, I've flown a lot and I understand what turbulence is and how it's really not dangerous at all unless it's really severe and, and airlines do a really good job of avoiding what is considered really severe turbulence. So there's no reason to be afraid of turbulence. But still, when you're up 35,000 feet in the air uh, or 32, 33,000 you know, feet in the air and there's a bounce, you're just like... Oh my god! And you start thinking of all the movies you've watched, like Sully, where they had to, where Sully Sullenberger, or whatever, had the captain of that United Air, American Airlines, whatever flight it was, had to, had to land in the Hudson River, snakes on a plane. I don't know. Oh, Castaway, where like the FedEx plane goes diving into the island. You know, you start thinking of all that kind of stuff, and it freaks you out. But people, yeah. like I've been, I've been told with turbulence, it's like you get, you have to think of it like you're in a car. If you're driving down the highway, even the smoothest of highways has little bumps. You just don't really pay attention to it. But if you really think about it when you're driving, there's always bumps everywhere. Left and like all the time, there's these small little bumps. It's the same thing in the air. It's just you're on the ground. Um, you're on the ground when um, you're driving in a car. So it makes it a lot easier. This portion of the ENT podcast was brought to you by Jake's NY headquarters. Gentlemen. It's the middle of the summer, and you look like you should be in the running as Bigfoot. To finally get that mop chop, that beard trimmed or cut, head on down to Jake's NY headquarters. Jake's is a locally owned barbershop in Binghamton, New York, where it brings you that old school feel, but will give you that new school look. 
You can also follow the shop on Instagram at jakethebarber607, where you can also schedule your next haircut appointment. Jake's NY headquarters. Get the right cut. Yeah, so um, I never even answered the question about uh, the movie. Let's see. Favorite movie I've seen? I don't. I honestly, mm, man. I watch a lot of TV shows, I'll tell you that. I, I watch TV shows, TV shows more than I watch movies, but I have seen a few Marvel movies. I'll tell you the movie that I liked, that I was like the, the most underwhelmed by was I watched The Shape of Water a few years ago, and that was supposed to be like Shape the best. Of water. Yeah, it was supposed to be like the best movie of all time, apparently. Is it um, kind of like The Life of Pi? I never saw The Life of Pi, but it's basically well, about. I haven't seen that yeah, I mean, it was basically about, I, from what I remember, there was a, a woman, and then there was a. A woman falling in love with a merman or a mermaid of some kind, and that was the whole movie. And like it was, it was like highly touted or whatever. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be, this is gonna be a great movie. Uh, and then it just like wasn't. I don't know. It was. No. So that's probably my answer. Is my least favorite movie, <laughs> not my actual favorite movie. And this seltzer water is making me burp so bad. Uh, pro tip with podcasts: don't drink carbonated beverages in the middle of podcasts. That has to be like a Joe Rogan tip like 101 for podcasts if he ever listens to this he's probably gonna be like dumbass that's like the podcast yeah. 101 don't drink carbonated <laughs> beverages well i got a drinking beverage right now i got this uh straight well, I, whiskey it, on the rocks it, well yeah so julian drink uh, <laughs> and uh what was it uh, I got this in Arizona, and I was about to bring it to Atlanta, but I didn't know that you can't fly with it or you can't ship it. So I was like, all right, so oh, I guess yeah. I got to just take this I home. You I got to give this yeah. to my parents, and they're going to have to drive that uh, back to New York. But it's called Two Bitch Bourbon Whiskey from Eureka, Nevada. Eureka Gold. This thing is so smooth. And then uh, I just got a little bit of uh, cherry vanilla Coke mixed in with go. it. And it's, uh, yeah. it's pretty, pretty good. Yeah. And in fact. But, so, I don't I think guess corona, for, corona travel wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have prevented you from bringing that alcohol. That's a normal thing. So, unfortunately, we never really thought that far about having to travel with it. But yeah. that was not a corona problem. That was just, uh, you can never fly with that large of a handle of alcohol. Yeah, and it's not even a lot. It's only 375 milliliters. Not even like, yeah. but still. Yeah, but uh, so back to the movie topic. I uh, I think my best movie. I got to see it. I think either a year or two. I think it was a year later after uh, this man finally got his uh, what Emmy nomination or he finally won his Emmy or whatever the award is. But yeah. uh, the Reverend with yeah, okay. uh, Leo with Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, uh, I've been wanting to watch it. I always say I'm gonna go watch a movie while I was in the movie theaters. Yeah, and I just never make the attempt to go and see it. Yeah, and I haven't been in the movies in ages. Six months later, it's out on DVD. I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna go get it on DVD. Then I get really lazy and really hope it gets put on Netflix. And if it does. I watch it a good handful of times before it gets taken off. Like Django. Django is yeah. another good movie. I just don't like it how it's fucking three and a half hours <laughs> three and a half hours long. Yeah. But But yeah. But uh so the Reverend. That movie was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Like how everything was made, how Leo uh did his part and like how everything was real. If you if you want to just get a clip of it, watch the first, like, 12 to 15 minutes. Very action-packed. The cinematography is very good. And it kind of makes you sit back and, like, actually appreciate it and, like, watch the movie and, like, enjoy it. But, so, so back into the whole travel biz. Um, yeah, so... The really tough thing that I had to uh, go through during this whole entire thing, you have to, have to. It's not a law, but you're required by the airport, the airlines, all that other stuff, that you have to wear your mask at all times. Yeah. So if you're going to be in there, you got to find a comfortable mask. 
Luckily, my mom, she is uh, very handy with uh, hand sewing, and she uh, sewed me together a couple of uh, cool masks, and that kind of helped the little tra the traveling off well instead of wearing the surgical mask where it feels like a piece of paper on your face. Yeah. This had a nice cloth one, but I guess the only uh, negative uh, side to it is when you're up in the air and you have to keep it on your face and you have to breathe it doesn't really do justice so i mean i don't know there's always pros and cons to everything now can you imagine like i'm surprised if someone can uh shoot us a dm or mention us or tag us in something let us know but i'm really surprised there's no face mask stores out yet I create like cool designed uh, face masks that people sell, like stance socks, the official sock of the MOB. Like they have their own yeah. socks and like undergarments, like underwear and stuff. But they're mainly known for socks. I'm surprised no one has came out with face masks, like custom face masks, or like you can get them, but like I don't know, go to a store and pick it out, even though you. <laughs> You can't you can't try them on or anything, but like, I don't know. That would be kind of cool. If, it's kind of like a Build-A-Bear workshop, but yeah, a little bit less complicating. Like you pick out the fabric, get sewn together, and like that whole thing. That would be a great idea. Yeah, you know? I mean, somebody's making money off of this for sure. Again, we live in a capitalistic country, so somebody's making money. I mean, I know, you know, for us at work, you know, we've ordered. 6,000 masks just for one weekend of events for students when they come back on campus. And, um, you know, there's a lot of companies, there's like promo companies out there that'll sell you masks with like your logo for your company. Like, you know, if you're watching like, you know, the, the MLB just got started up not too long ago and you'll go, you'll, you'll see coaches wearing like, you know, officially licensed Red Sox face masks. It's just a regular face mask and it has a Red Sox logo in like one corner of it or like down on the chin. And it's like, you know, somebody's definitely making money off of this for sure, um, which you, you get. But I mean, it's the whole reason a lot of these companies are like are trying so hard to get a vaccine. Like from one from one end of the spectrum, you can look at those companies as like heroes because they're trying to get everybody's life back. They're trying to develop a vaccine to save lives. Um, the quicker they can do it, the quicker the world can be vaccinated. And this pandemic can be in the rearview mirror, but also whoever develops a trustworthy vaccine the quickest and they can pass through all sorts of different countries approvals with with, you know, medications and vaccines. Do you know how much money there is going to be for that? Do you know how much money the world governments are going to shell out for that vaccine? So it's not like a moral race as much as it is as a as a money race like, you know. These companies are trying to develop this as, yeah, to be a hero, but let's not be, let's not, you know, um, get too like emotional about it. At the end of the day, that 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 company or those few companies that come up without that come out with that vaccine are going to be raking in billions. Yeah. So, a little fun fact: uh, the person that created the polio vaccine, he didn't pat, he didn't. Uh, patent that invention or creation or whatever you want to call it so he missed out on billions and billions of dollars for himself but i don't i don't want to lie of him just being a self what yeah self-careless or selfless human being and just yeah. helping the world survive yeah so but so uh, i i have i have a question t uh yeah you, I haven't done any Corona travel. I haven't been outside Atlanta since coronavirus started. Um, and so, you know, I know my pops and his wife are going to be coming down in uh, late September, early October, but they're driving. Well, I, my dad is driving. His wife uh, is going to be flying. And then, you know, for, for, for me, I hope to drive home. Um, for, if I'm going to be doing travel, I hope to drive. So if it's Christmas, driving, uh, mainly because I have a dog and putting up a dog like boarding up a dog, uh, my dog specifically gets expensive plus flights and all that. doesn't make any sense. And I want to bring my dog with me when I go places. So I'm probably just going to drive, but 
you've been in recently you've been to the binghamton airport the detroit airport the phoenix airport and then the atlanta airport um which is the largest airport in the world i think at least the country or yeah at least the country i know i think they say the world but i don't really know fact check me on that jfk no i think atlanta's busier than jfk i know that but i don't know i don't like in terms of other in the world, I don't know if Atlanta's the busiest. I think Atlanta says that they're the busiest, Hartsfield-Jackson, because Atlanta's a hub for, like, so many different, like, it's, well, one, it's the Delta hub. Like, it's Delta, you know, Delta has an entire wing to itself. It has an entire turn, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, you go at one side of the airport's completely dedicated to Delta, and then the other the other side of the airport is everybody else. <laughs> so that's yeah, how, like, that's, that's... how nuts it is. That's how nuts it is. But, like, what... You, so you've been to four different airports recently. Two questions. One... What airport did the best? Like, was was the what airport seemed the most prepared for to handle coronavirus? Like, in terms of safety protocols, what airport did you like feel the safest in? Where you were like, all right, you know, I'm there's no way I'm getting COVID here because of whatever reason. And then, like, what is like the biggest tip you would give to somebody that's about to hop on a flight tomorrow? Well, we'll say Monday or Tuesday when this comes out. Well, it's hard to give a specific analysis on that because. Every airport is a different size, and it's in a different... Uh, well, when I go to Detroit, I don't have to go through security. I'm already there. It's a connection flight. So I get, So for that aspect, especially if you're traveling out of Binghamton or traveling to Binghamton, you're going to have to go to Detroit. And they have a lot of uh, custodian staff members out on the prowl just going to every bathroom and just cleaning them. Like... Not saying they do their best at cleaning everything, but just getting around, like I feel bad for them, just trying to get everywhere with them. But uh, then when you go to Binghamton, Binghamton is a little bit different just because it's a small regional airport. It's not international like all the other three, and there's only one. There's only two flights, three flights altogether, I think, or four, four max, four max flights. Two, two out and two in every day. There's only one gate that gets used now. Only one. There used to be five. Now there's only one. There used to be a subway in there. Now there's nothing. It's just seating now because there's literally nothing going on at, yeah. at, the, at the airport. So the, I know the risk level of possibly catching this virus while you're in the Binghamton airport. Slim to Slim to none. Yeah. Slim to none. Yeah. Guarantee it's being taken care of very well. It's a small area, so it should be kind of easy to maintain. So I wouldn't be too afraid if I was traveling out of Binghamton. But when I was traveling out of Atlanta and Phoenix to to bigger international airports, and I have to go through security, both airports took a little bit of a different route. Like, they weren't the same just because, like, the layout and, like, how everything is structured made it have... They made the protocol a little bit different, but altogether, they both had, like, the same motive of wear your mask at all times. Uh, I mean, if you're really that much of a germaphobic to whoever might be listening and might be traveling in the near future, if you're that uh, conscious about this whole... Uh, virus wear gloves um wear thick socks i just did the bare minimum wear shorts t-shirt i did wash my hands they definitely will not stop you if don't obviously do not bring a big bottle of hand sanitizer because then they'll make you throw it out no matter what but a nice travel size of hand sanitizer they even <laughs> it was mad funny uh, so when i went through the metal detector and started getting my stuff i got my bag my backpack and i took out the hand sanitizer and i squirted it on my hands and this uh this lady walked by me and she's like thank you for thank you for doing that i was like all right no problem like like she was actually like happy that I, that like i'm taking the extra precaution to be healthy and stay healthy and protect others like yeah i don't know 
But and then I, uh, I think well, I, I think that's also why masks are important, right? Because like I have to wear a mask when I go to work now. Anytime I'm in the office, mask is on. Really, really anytime. I mean, I, I can step outside to get some fresh air and take my mask off for a minute as long as no one is is near me. But you know, that's eight hours a day at, at least where I'm wearing a mask. And like as much of an inconvenience as it might be, because you know, um, especially for those in the the health field who are wearing them, you know, nurses and doctors who are wearing them for 12, 15 hour shifts because they have some wild hours, you know, you have marks and bruises on your face, but you know, you can think about it one of two ways. Absolutely. Like wearing a mask is going to help stop COVID. And I, I know that they're the director of the CDC came out and said that if everybody were to be diligent about wearing masks, literally all the time, anytime you're out in public, just, just when, when in doubt, wear a mask always. Um, yeah. And if we were to do that, really diligently for the next six weeks, which isn't that long considering we've been in quarantine or in this pandemic for four or five months now, six weeks, a month and a half, and and COVID be, could could be driven into the ground. Literally almost a direct quote from what he said. Um, and so you can think about it that way. Like, okay, you know, I'm going to do this to help the general public in this global pandemic and, and help stop COVID. And even if you want to do it from a super selfish perspective, you wear masks to protect yourself. That's fine. Yeah. If, as long as you're wearing a mask, I don't care what your motive is, really. Deep down, I really don't care. If it's for like to protect other people or to protect yourself, for some people that, that might have a sensitivity, or not a sensitivity, but might have underlying health conditions, they, they should absolutely wear a mask to, pre- to protect themselves. But for those like, like you and I, T, who are 26 and, and generally healthy people who don't have to worry about catching COVID to the point where we're going to be hospitalized because it's unlikely that that's the case, but still... Yeah. You know, you have to think about it from other people's perspectives. And honestly, at the same time, when you go out, even in Georgia, and Georgia's been, you know, not quite as much of a hot spot as Florida or Texas, but it's, it hasn't been great here, especially in Atlanta. Like, a lot of people are wearing masks, which is great. And I just feel like you don't want to be one of the few people that aren't wearing a mask. Like, there's a sense of peer pressure there where, like, people are going to look at you and give you looks because you're not wearing a mask, and rightfully so. So just wear a damn mask. Like, it's really not that difficult. And you can, like, do what T did and do what his mom helped him do. Get a comfortable mask. Invest in one. There's countries that wear masks all year round. If you go to any Asian country, um, Japan, any highly dense, den- uh, populated, like, densely populated area in China, in, in Japan, in Korea, they might not yeah, wear a mask. They might not wear a mask all the time, but they do when they're on public transportation and they do when they're, you know, in the middle of Tokyo walking around uh, because it's 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 what makes sense. And they do that for even during non pandemics. They'll they'll be wearing masks on trains um, even when, you know, before covid. And so, you know, there's countries that 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 live in masks even non even during um, times where there aren't isn't a global pandemic. But, you know, I just don't understand why people. And the people who are like, you're infringing upon my rights for forcing me to wear a mask. And I'm like, y'all, simmer with the infringing on my rights. Like, I get what you're saying, but man, like, this is like, this isn't an anti-government thing. This is like a protect your own, protect your neighbors kind of thing, not an anti-government thing. Yeah, like, it's crazy. Like, when, uh, so I guess two different perspectives. When I was in Arizona, that... At the time, like a few weeks before that, they were the most open state at the time. Like they were opening up bars, having people like gather in a larger group than like 10 people, but like a larger group setting. And I wasn't a part of it, but that was during the time. And then uh, and like I didn't, I didn't go near it, but then when I went to Atlanta... Like, people were being uh, very cautious, especially in Arizona when it's so hot. Like, they want to try to limit themselves of being around people and being in a large group. But when I went to Atlanta, when I went and came and visited you, it was completely different. And you always tell me, Atlanta just doesn't care. Like, Atlanta people just don't care. They just go about their business and just see how it goes. Yeah, well, here's, here's what I think the problem is. It's hard to it's hard to blame an entire city of people. Uh, there's just like, you know, there's too many. And I will say, uh, you know, in my area, uh, I live in West Atlanta, um, and most people wear masks. 
most people, not everybody, but most people wear a mask. And, and you know, even I went out today and, and, and there's, there's people who are purposely staying six feet apart. Like you can tell they're making a conscious effort in a line of any kind to stay six feet apart. So I'll say by and large, places that I've been has, have been pretty good. Um, but I wear a mask and tend to not pay attention because I'm wearing a mask. Uh, and, you know, I, I stay six feet apart. At this point, it's kind of second nature, I guess. But what, what I think the problem yeah. is for, for states who are struggling, I think one of the biggest problems, and I'm a big, big advocate of leadership, our governor in Georgia just does. Our governor is currently suing the mayor of Atlanta, um, which is wild. Um, Wait, what? Yeah, the governor, Governor Kemp of Georgia, is is suing the mayor of Atlanta because the mayor of Atlanta. Um, there's probably a lot more to this, um, but what what I know happened is the mayor of Atlanta tried to go from phase two reopening to phase one reopening, where dining rooms and, and restaurants closed inside again, and they were only curbside or delivery, basically where we were a few months ago, which honestly. I don't Atlanteans were like, okay, that makes sense. I mean, I'm sure they weren't, we weren't like, none of us were like happy about it because we didn't, we were hoping it didn't get to that point. But like Atlanta, let me put it this way. Atlanta is by far the biggest city in the state of Georgia. So obviously we're the most densely populated and we are going to have the most coronavirus cases. Rural Georgia, if you've been outside of Atlanta, not much, not much going on. If you, the second you leave the perimeter outside of like, you know, if you go 30 minutes outside the perimeter of Atlanta, not even that, probably 15 or 20 minutes, nothing, nothing, nothing. And so when you talk about same exact thing in New York, yeah. When you talk about the economy of Georgia, so a lot, I mean, a lot rides on Atlanta and the sports here and just a city. That's how most states are. I'm not saying that Georgia is any different, but when when the mayor goes from phase two to phase one, that has obvious economic ramifications. And I think that's where Governor Kemp was like, you know, he tweeted and was like, this is mere guidance. You know, the mayor does not have that kind of authority to make that call. That has to come through me. Um, but at the same time, here's my issue. Governor Kemp, and I don't, again, I don't, I don't know this for sure. I should get fact-checked on this, though. I should fact-check myself. But this is what I'm going to presume or assume, I guess you could say. Kemp is a is is Republican, and virtually any larger city in this country is going to be a blue blue city. Um, be Democratic, in other words. So uh, Georgia's a red state, we know that, but Atlanta is is pretty liberal. Is going to be blue. They're going to vote blue, and so the the Atlanteans are not really a representation of Kemp. Kemp got votes from. The rest of Georgia, probably, which was significant enough for him to become governor, obviously. Um, it's not like New York, where New York City makes New York a blue state, even though the second you go and you leave New York City and you start to head upstate, virtually everybody is Republican in upstate New York. Virtually everybody. Yeah. But New York City is big enough to where, and and, and has the, so many people that that small, popu that small area, geographically speaking, has so many people in it that it turns New York into a Democrat state, a blue state, almost every election all the time. And that drives people in upstate New York nuts. But Atlanta isn't big enough to make the state of Georgia a blue state. But that doesn't mean that the people of Atlanta voted for, for Governor Kemp. So it's, it's challenging because the people of Atlanta feel that the mayor of Atlanta is more of a representation of the people and Atlanteans than Governor Kemp, which is obvious. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of a hot mess. It's kind of a joke, to be totally honest. Um, Governor Kemp at one point was trying to have concerts in Mercedes-Benz Stadium, um, in, and this is like recent. Um, this is these were conversations that were happening during the second wave, and so it's well, it's kind of you rough. might think that is stupid. Uh, the other day, Governor Cuomo came out with this law if you're at a bar and you want to get alcoholic beverages you can't just get an alcoholic beverage like you have to purchase uh food from the restaurant so you can yeah. be given the granted that. of purchasing alcohol yeah. so many bars up here have created a special menu uh well it's ma is mainly known as Cuomo chips. Yeah, I heard about so, that. So if like you spend like a dollar on like a bag of chips or uh, <laughs> yeah, I heard about I that. Know, spend <laughs> That's like hilarious. spend like four dollars and you get a four for four like that whole thing. Uh, oh, you know I love four for four. <laughs> no, but um, <laughs> but yeah, like 
that's what's happening up there, up here, and I keep hearing it from uh, my aunt and uncle and my uh, mom on how stupid it is. I think it's stupid too, but it's just getting like yeah. really out of hand up here on how Governor Cuomo is uh, treating our our state of New York and like how everything is being run. Yeah. And like, yeah, it does seem like he's really thinking about uh, like New York City people, just because it's more a condensed area than upstate New York. Yeah. But, and I'm one of those people that's always super skeptical of. Maybe not local government so much, but state and federal governments don't have a lot of trust or faith in them, uh, to be totally honest. But I always try to give governors uh, the benefit of the doubt for when they come out with things. We, we as, as residents of um, their governing state, don't always know the full picture. So like Cuomo might have a pretty good reason for why people need to order food and, and in order to get alcohol. But the problem is, if they don't make it clear... Um, why that's the case and i don't know i don't pay attention to what's going on in new york that much anymore but you know that 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 can be a problem but you know i don't know it's gonna be really interesting to see after this whole coronavirus thing not only economic ramifications but political ramifications as we approach on one of the most hmm, how do i put this one of the most important i mean every election is important but this is probably one of the most important elections of all time uh so we'll see how that goes no pressure america but this election is so important that we got Kanye trying to run for it. I know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's still very uh, it's still very weird and how everything is and like how you have to experience everything now. Like it's crazy. Like yeah, I, when I but, when I was in Arizona and went to the P the PGA store and. When I went there, they kind of gutted everything. This, so the PGA store is basically like the Walmart of golf. They yep. got everything that you can think of, that maybe even a tour professional would use and play with on the tour, and you can find anything in there. There was only half of the inventory in there, just because they didn't want to try to. I don't know, over, oversaturate, uh, I don't know, items yeah. within the store. Well, and at the and same that, time, I don't and know. That would reduce the amount of, uh, I don't know, customers within the store. They're like, yeah. oh, there's not a lot of stuff in here. I don't know. It's like a, it's like a plus minus kind of. Well, it's a supply and demand. It's marketing. a su- Yeah. It's a supply and demand thing too, because with people not having jobs, uh, and with, with the uncertainty of maybe not having a job, even if you still have a job, it, like the the demand isn't going to be as much uh, for anything, really. I mean, maybe groceries and gas, like the necessities, but like for the PGA Tour Superstore, why carry all of this stuff when you know sales are going to be down? Adjust your inventory, you know? Yeah. And I got... So a little uh, quick thing. I got two pet, two pet peeves. I want your input on them and whoever is listening to this episode uh send us your input on this uh little debate and is due to face mask wearing what first opinion is what is your opinion about people that cover their mouth with their mask but not their nose drives me nuts same here. It drives me nuts. I'm like, it, what is the point? Because, like, like, you can still put release COVID into the air via your nose. Cover your damn or you, nose, or or you can inhale it, and then, or you can inhale it and no, spread it. Yeah. Either Again. way, it still makes no point. It makes no sense of Doesn't the make purpose any sense. of. Whoever that person is doing by doing that drives me nuts. That pisses me off almost more than people who just don't wear a mask at all. Like, and that, that and and that's because like, for somebody who doesn't wear a mask at all, they clearly just don't care, which is is frustrating, no doubt. But I stay away yeah. from those people. Like, I'm I'm just like, all right, I'm not going anywhere near you. For people who wear a mask but don't cover their nose and kind of like half have it on, 
then they're just trying to they're just trying to get away with it. They're just they're like they're they're not taking they're it seriously. They're trying to give their due diligence of the day. I'm and it's like, oh, I'm taking a part, but just not cover really. your nose. I actually went on a rant about that the other day with, with some friends I was talking to. Just just cover your nose. And and like like for the most part, you don't need to wear your mask, but when you leave the house, yeah. You know, so, I go I go into a store, I put on my mask, I stay 6 feet apart. When I go back in my car, 20 minutes later, my mask comes off. It's like not that much of an ask. I genuinely don't. Yeah. I just cover your like damn I nose. Do, I do feel bad for people that have to wear their mask, like, if they're working eight hours a day. And, like, for like so, like, for you, you don't, you don't, like, you have your own office and, like. I don't anymore. I did. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> it's, yeah. We got moved. Yeah. But, uh, but when you do, you're going to have your own office so you can go isolate yourself, theoretically, in your office and like you can take your mask off and all of that but i feel bad for like people that have to like nurses they have to literally wear a mask and a face shield wherever is required within the hospital for their eight to twelve hour work shift and i kind of feel bad for those people yeah but uh the other pet peeve but they wear oh yeah go ahead you yeah, know, they, they wear, wear it. it. I mean, I know they have to, otherwise they'll get fired, but uh, or they'll get COVID because they're dealing directly with people who have COVID. But like, you can't complain about it. People wear these masks yeah. 15 hours straight, and then take them off and have bruises on their face. You can wear your mask when you go in Target or TJ Maxx or the grocery store. Pisses me off to no end. Yeah. Anyways, what's what's the other pet peeve? So the other pet peeve is you're out. Let's say you're in a park. You're just minding your own business or you're just walking around and you walk by. So you're out in the middle of the open. You're not in a confined place. You're not in a hot, heavy populated area. You're just out in a park running or walking uh, your dog and you're about to walk by someone and they have their mask down. Then they see that you're going to be approaching them and then they put their mask up like you are going to infect them with the bubonic plague like all of a sudden they put up their hazmat imaginary zone on yourself and like you it for so for me that questions me like what what's the point of even wearing a mask if you're not even wearing it kind of the same concept as the first one but like as soon as you get around someone you put it up but you only go by them for max two seconds yeah that, that unless, doesn't yeah unless you stop and talk to him which yeah which is rare but i guess that would make a little sense but that doesn't bother that doesn't bother me so much but i think i think people like to think that just by going outdoors and staying roughly six feet apart from people that um, you don't need to wear a mask or like masks aren't mandatory and obviously people that exercise aren't wearing masks which you can half understand because um, exercise is still important um, but I think there isn't a lot I mean there's research on how long that you know the coronavirus can stay airborne but those numbers have been changing to where nobody really knows for sure and so you know even if a runner runs by you, you put on your mask and then you take it off as soon as they, you know, not even a minute later when they're all the way down at the other end of the park. Them breathing heavy, they've still put coronavirus in the air if they're infected, obviously. And so many are asymptomatic that you don't ever know. Um, you get it's like up. A fart. Yeah. It's like <laughs> a fart. It can linger. Yeah. You, it can you, linger for. And nobody day, so. knows and nobody really knows how long it can linger. I think scientists and researchers have an idea. Like, the, you know, there's been research on it, and they have an idea of how long it can last on various surfaces. And I think at first, COVID, when it first came out, was, um, it's not, an, it, it like, I think when it first happened, they were telling that it wasn't airborne. That it was not an air, it was not spread through the air. But that's obviously it is. Now, they know that now. But now it's like, okay, well, how long can it stay in the air? How long does it stay on plastic? How long does it stay on glass? How long does it stay on aluminum or metal? Or all the different surfaces that we touch, people want to know. Because obviously the virus is going to live different spans of time on different surfaces. It's just how, that's just the law of the world. It's just how it works. You know, different surfaces offer different temperatures and different what whatnot and, and impact the way the, the virus um, spreads. But you could easily walk into like what you just said with a fart. 
they linger. And even if the even if the runner's all the way down at the other end of the park, you get up and you walk in the space that they were at two, three minutes ago. I would still think if that person's infected, there's coronavirus in the air that you just walked through. So, I mean, that's why when we say, especially when you travel, wear a mask all the time because you never know. It's not worth it to not have a mask on and get sick or get somebody else sick. And I would even encourage people to wear gloves. I don't think I, I was in uh, the mall out by where I live here in Atlanta today, and a lot of people were wearing gloves. It's not weird. I, th- I have a lot of respect for people who wear all the PPE. And even if you have a face shield on, I don't care. That's cool. You do you. People make it a fashion statement. I don't care. Like, there's no, in, in my head, there's no looking ridiculous when you're trying to protect yourself and others from COVID. I mean, if you're walking around in a hazmat suit, people will probably get a little freaked out. But, you know, if you've got gloves and a mask on, no one's going to judge. Dude, I'm, I'm waiting for someone to just show up in one of those, uh, you know, I don't know what it's called, but you're in like a bubble and you play soccer. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, know what I'm talking it, about? It, it's, yeah, like, I think it's just called like a bubble. Yeah. Um, like, I can imagine someone just showing up at a mall looking like that. Yeah. And they try to kick them out. I'm like, this is all, this is my only way of uh, protecting yeah. my face from do, do you know how many people are probably going to be dressed in a hazmat suit for Halloween this year? God. Do you know how many people are probably going to be coronavirus for Halloween? And that might be a bit insensitive, and I, I would kind of agree. Because, I mean, we're talking hundreds of thousands of people in this country are dying be- from coronavirus, and then people are going to kind of make a joke out of it for Halloween. Like, I would I would stay away from, you know, if you want to dress in a hazmat suit, okay. But, like, if you want to, like, be creative and try and m- put makeup on and dress like your coronavirus, it's kind of insensitive, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, people are dying from this, and you're going to make a joke out of it. But it'll happen, for sure, 100%. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so, I guess the really sad thing about this whole uh, pandemic and with flying, I have, so I'm a little weird when I when it comes to flying. I have this, like, little uh, routine, and I always get a Coke. I don't know, an airplane Coke tastes amazing i don't know why it does and then i get whoever has flown with delta the delta cookies the most underrated uh snack or treat whatever you want to call it most underrated uh food item that you can get supposedly you can get them at wegmans but you don't have wegmans where you are but if you phone delta that those cookies are phenomenal. They're like gingerbread cookies. Are, they, are you talking about like the Bischoff cookies? They're like they're like uh, oval shaped. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's two of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know you're talking about those. Are in a little are, white packet. Those are really good. That, yeah. Those are so fucking good. Yeah, they are good. But when, so like I create up a, I think it's a good mixture. It sounds gross, but eat like one cookie, then I take a swig of Coke. Oh my gosh. It, I know why it tastes phenomenal, but I don't, that, I don't think that's gross. I think that's normal. I think a lot of people eat a cookie and then take a swig of Coke or maybe have some wine. I'm cheap, so I don't buy anything on an airplane. There isn't a flight long enough where I'll buy food. There really isn't. No, I no, mean, no. This is all stuff that's complimentary. Well, well, I know. I know. I'm saying, but I'm saying like if people are going to ask me like, what's the most underrated food item on a plane? I'll be like, I don't know. I don't buy food. I eat the free stuff. And most, a lot of airlines, oh, Del- yeah. I think Delta might be one of the only flights that even gives you anything other than a drink. But like a beverage service, but I don't know if I'll, I don't think like United or American. I don't think they give any snack anymore. They might give you a ginger ale or a coke or something, but they don't give you a cookie. I mean, or I haven't been on an American flight uh, in five years now, and yeah. uh, I don't know. I usually would actually get a menu item. Like my mom would be like, "Oh, what, what do you want to eat?" I'm yep. like, "All right, I'm not gonna pass this up." But yeah. so. For the snacks, you don't get. There's no more cokes. I was very. Uh, yeah, I heard they're not. I was doing very that. upset about that. Didn't couldn't get my uh, airplane coke. But they give you this Ziploc bag. It's filled with a napkin, a like a, a quarter pint of water, the little Aquafina bottled water. Uh, the cookies in a bag of Cheez-Its and a wipey. That's not that bad. And w- it's not bad. Not bad. 
But when the when the lady uh, handed me my baggie, I looked at it. I'm like, this is what we're in now. That is crazy. Yeah. For like, the meantime. I can't. In the meantime. Like, you can't get actual, well, not actual food, but, like, you can't get, like, food anymore. You can barely get a snack. You can't get a beverage if you want a beverage. Like, you can't even get, there's no more, I don't think there was any alcohol being served. On that flight. Which is crazy to me, because even though I don't drink on a flight, because... I want to, but I feel like one Jack and Coke would be 20 bucks and not trying to get that messed up for a flight. So. And it's so easy to get hammered on an airplane because altitude, the oxygen level is different when you go higher, so it's a lot easier to get drunk. And people don't realize that, and then they end up stumbling off the plane when they land. <laughs> I want to try that, but would is it worth it? No. Yeah. yeah. Well, so yeah, all in all, I really do think the travel, the like traveling for because of this coronavirus, everything is being taken with the utmost professionalism by both the airlines and the airports themselves. Like they're taking good precaution and taking very good care of everything and how they're approaching everything like I did, between when the flight, when I was in Atlanta, when I was waiting for the plane, when the plane came in, dropping off the people that were on that flight before we got on for that flight, um, it was about 45 minutes, almost an hour to just get the wing for the plane to be boarded. But I guess it was because they were actually going through it and sanitizing everything. I don't know how much I would believe that, but I guess I'll agree to it with some extent. But yeah, so all in all, travel wasn't most uh, highly experienced kind of travel, but it was something. I did make my flight uh, on time, did not sleep through it. Um, but yeah. Unlike last time. Yeah, the last time I went to Atlanta, uh, it was the day that Kobe Bryant died. Rip Kobe Bryant. Uh, supposed to go to a Hawks game when um, I'm not even a Hawks fan, but Trey Young put up like 58 points that game. Missed it. He he shot. I think it was. I don't. He made 24 attempts from the field. Yeah. 24 attempts. I think he went like 16 for 24 or something yeah. like that. I don't he think had, he, I don't think he had in the 50s. I think he should. I, th- I think he had like 40 something points. Still a good it was game. Four, it was 45 points. I'm pretty sure. He had. Yeah, yeah. I was exaggerating on the 50 something, but it would, yeah. But he I'm, he did have a stellar game, and I missed that flight because I was trying to pull an all nighter, and then when I went home, I took a shower and passed out. Thought I had my phone right by my head with the ringer ready to go so it can wake me up at 4 o'clock in the morning so I can make my 5 o'clock flight. But my phone fell underneath my bed and I woke up at 6 o'clock right when my flight was taken off and missed my flight. So I had to leave from Syracuse, New York at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And by the time I got down to Atlanta, the game was already halfway over. And yeah. So... That was so, my worst. Another tip for Corona. Flying. Another tip for Corona travel: give yourself more time. They always talk about two hours at the airport. Uh, I know the Atlanta airport well enough to where I feel like that might be a little too much. Uh, so if you know an airport really well, maybe not. But give yourself two hours if you're multiple. If you're especially if you're getting a connection flight, connecting flight. Like if you're gonna have a long day, give yourself plenty of time. And um, you know, even more so than you might normally. But I think it's about. Just about all the time we have, but I'll let T finish up this one because Corona Travel was his was his brainchild because he's the one that was traveling through coronavirus. So if there's any last minute tips, tricks you have, T, sign us off. Yeah, be, yeah, being the test dummy to this whole experiment. Uh, I don't know, just stay safe. Uh, follow by the rules. I was very happy that I didn't experience a. Uh, I forgot what's called person that argues 
the rules that have to make a big deal about the rules. Like someone tries to, I didn't get to someone see someone cause coming onto the plane. Yeah, causing a scene, stuff that you'll see on World Star, that whole thing. But other than that, people stay safe, uh, stay healthy, wear your mask. Keep uh, uh, stay on top of what uh, everyone is doing, like how they're uh, taking part in this whole entire pandemic. We are getting better, and if we stay on track of what we're doing, this will all hopefully come to an end soon. But nonetheless, stay safe. Yeah, good way to end it. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you enjoy all of our episodes. Um, we have some cool episodes coming up, some more interviews. We have some cool things coming with some potential other athletes coming onto the podcast. We'll see what ends up happening there. But until next time, I'm E. I'm T. And we will see y'all next time. Peace. Peace. And that was another episode of the ENT Podcast. E and I hope you enjoyed listening to that episode. So please leave a like comment, and subscribe to our podcast, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or even Anchor. Also, check out Jake's NY headquarters to get that great quality haircut. E and I hope you have an amazing Monday, an amazing week, and we hope that you listen to our next episode next Monday. Thank you, and stay safe. Peace.